What the heck happened to the amazing race this week? We didn't get our fix of Phil Kogan. Well, he's got a new show coming out uh, in July called Tough as Nails, and Phil joins us now. How are you, brother? I um, I'm good. I'm uh, I'm staring out at a sunny day. I, I think it's meant to be sunny in Chicago today. Is it where you are? It is. Yes, it is. It's sunny in Chicago. Sunny in eighty. We have a very nice day today. Definitely so. Well, Chicago is one of those. First of all, I think probably the most beautiful city in America as far as the uh, architecture goes. Um, but boy, you guys, you get the. You get the full extremes of the weather, don't you? You get the most beautiful <laughs> sunny days. Yes. And then when I was there visiting uh, back in October, yep. um, there was that snowstorm, and I remember, I remember, I remember going for a walk and getting caught in the storm, and I was like, "Wow, this is why they call it the Windy City. This is some serious cold wind right now." <laughs> that is so funny. I forgot about that. When you came to town, you were doing auditions for Tough as Nails, and you were going to hold the audition at Wrigley Field. Did that ever go through? We had a snowstorm in October. Yes. We, we Well, what was interesting was that the next day, or like 36 hours later, we were out, and it was the weather was beautiful, and <laughs> yeah, we got a great turnout. And we got a, <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's a, there's a song that uh, Crowded House, the band Crowded House wrote back in the day. I think it was called Four Seasons in a Day. And I always thought it was referring to the city of Auckland, New Zealand. You know, the band is a New Zealand band. Right, right. But I found out it was, I found out it was referring to the city of uh, Melbourne, I think it was. Okay. Um, and, and, and it was this whole idea that in a day you got all four seasons. And I have a feeling Chicago is one of those <laughs> cities, too. You get, it, you get it all in one day. It always happens to us here in Chicago. I mean, la- yesterday it was raining like crazy, a torrential downpour, and today sunny and beautiful. It is just wonderful. Uh, well, it keeps life interesting. Well, I got to ask you about the amazing race. Why did they move it to uh, the fall? Because um, people will be back. We'll have more of a schedule instead of the self quarantine. Um, really, it just comes down to with just how valuable the amazing race is. So, um, as you know, there's a pandemic going on. Um, you may have noticed, and mm-hmm. um, so productions productions are just not getting made um shows that were scheduled to be on in the fall and shows in general that were meant to be delivered through these months are not getting delivered so suddenly a show that's made uh like amazing race that's been on for 31 seasons becomes incredibly valuable and the hot spot if you like for television programming is in the fall uh, that full lineup of oh yeah new television shows so yes amazing race was scheduled to go on air i believe uh on the 20th of may but then when all hell broke loose it was like well hold on a second we can't just play it through the summer we need to hold on to this very valuable go-to always rates blue chip show for the fall when we're going to really need blue chip go-to always rates shows. Right. Yep. That's what happened. I get it. I love that you call your show a blue chip show. Well, I mean, you mentioned Tough as Nails that I'm doing, and <laughs> Tough as Nails is not a blue chip show. It hasn't been on the air. We right. don't know 
if people are going to like it. It's a season one. It's a new concept. It's unproven. There's no insurance. You can't put insurance on a new show. Uh, if you look at the number of new shows that go from season one to season two, it's minuscule. If anything, it's harder to go from season one to two than it is to get a pickup. And so you can't, uh, you can't bet your house on a new show, but you can bet your house on a show that's been around for 31 seasons and that always, always consistently gets a number and gets an audience. We're talking to Phil Kogan from The Amazing Race, which will uh, debut this fall. But Tough as Nails debuts in July. And let's explain to people what it is, because you came to Chicago in October, as you said, to audition people because this is a tough town. So explain to people what the show is all about and what you were looking for. Well, I come from working class people. Um, my my ancestors going back to Ireland and Germany and Scandinavia and all over Europe. They, they, they're coal miners. They were carpenters, whalers, gold miners. Some of them came to, through to California and, and um, then headed to the gold rush in New Zealand. So very working class background um, and history, which I'm very proud of. Yep. And um, I had the fortune of, of uh, spending all my Christmas holidays with my grandfather, who was asked to leave school at 13, um, very bright kid, brightest kid in his, in his middle school, got a scholarship to go to high school, but wasn't allowed to take it, told he had to go to work, um, became an A-grade mechanic, then an era mechanic in World War II, then became a gunsmith. He was a very good target shooter. Uh, he was an inventor. And I spent all my holidays working with him, doing jobs, fixing things. He had three sheds with things in the sheds. And he would fix oh, yeah. everything with the things that he knew were in the sheds. Right. And my other my other grandfather was a carpenter, um, worked very hard. Both of them, salt of the earth, very hardworking people, as were my grandmothers, my uncles. Um, and so I always wanted to do some kind of show that honored the toughness that's found in working people who people who have calluses on their hands who wear those calluses as a badge of honor and people who have who know what it's like to work paycheck to paycheck and who who have dirty hands and make clean money i guess is one way of saying it and i i love competition shows and i love there's lots of great competition shows where you see really ripped bodies perfect bodies that look like you know people they, they could be on the cover of a magazine but i thought well what about the People that are a little flawed, maybe have a beer belly, a little bit of a beer belly because they like beer at the end of the day, a nice cold beer instead of a protein shake, and they yep. wear work boots instead of workout shoes, and they they swipe, you know, they punch time cards instead of swiping gym cards, and 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 they really know what it's like to put in a hard day's work. They're not scared to roll up their sleeves and 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 get the job done. What about if we focused on real people? in real-life jobs who are really tough. And that's what led me to create Tough as Nails. And uh, little did I know that in the process of selling this show and then shooting this show earlier this year, that we would be creating a show that was going to become a huge part of the zeitgeist, because I would say never before have we truly appreciated the value of those people who make minimum wage and who 
keep the lights on and make sure we can flush our toilets and have food on the table. So I agree 100%. The timing of, yeah. uh, the, 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 the timing of all of this uh, is, uh, I mean, if there's any silver lining, it's that we, we have a show that will be honoring those hardworking people. And to all your listeners out there who are essential workers who front up every day to get the job done and who allow the majority of us to sit back and ride this out at home in the safety of our home to all those essential workers, you know, this is for you. This is to say, thank you. All those union workers and the, and, and the hardworking men and women of America who literally keep this country running. So when you came to Chicago back in October to audition people for tough as nails, by the way, very well said, and we're all figuring that out right now because they're the heart and soul of this nation. I agree a hundred percent. So did you, they're the heartbeat. They are the, they pump the life into this country. And quite frankly, again, if there's any silver lining to come out of all of this, maybe we will stop to think a little more when we, think of those linemen and women who yep. go out in storms in Chicago and climb up poles in dangerous situations because the power is down and you hear these heartfelt stories about older people inviting some of these workers to come in for a nice cup of coffee at three o'clock in the morning because they were able to get the power back on for those people who are on ventilators or who were right. who able, able to turn the heat back on and this is about those people, and and I hope that through the show, we never drive past somebody putting in a hard day's work, look out onto a field where people are growing our food and doing all those jobs that, quite frankly, a lot of people shy away from because they see them as too hard, that we, we have maybe a little bit more of a an appreciation and take a little moment to say, thank you for a great for, for, for doing a great job fixing the plumbing at my house and the painting and the roof you put on and the, yep. and the landscaping you did and all of those things that, that, that we really need to appreciate more. Uh, Phil Kogan on the phone with us. Tough as Nails uh, debuts in July. This is a tribute. As you're talking, I feel like you're talking about my grandfather, and I'm sure everyone is feeling the same way. This is a tribute to your grandfather, but grandfathers and fathers everywhere, isn't it? Yeah. So my, yes, exactly. So my, my parents were a generation that got to go get that, the college degree and both of them ended up getting the equivalent of doctorates and my dad in plant science and agriculture and my mom in music. And they've, they've been people who have given back all their lives. And I, I grew up with a very strong work ethic that came from them that they got from their parents. They were given chores. I was given chores. My dad worked in a sawmill when he was 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found some photographs of him the other day. He's a rugby player, and he he uh, had the craziest build at 17 years old from lifting logs around the place at a sawmill. But all my uncles now, you know, they're they're farmers, and I have I have one uncle who's a, a New Zealand arm wrestling champion who's who's uh, beaten up, his joints are all shot, his hands are all scarred up from. Uh, being a train engineer, but the guy can fix anything. Oh yeah. So it's 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 a matter of honoring um, honoring all of those and taking away the stigma that's attached to those people who decide that they're the, the best way that they can contribute to society 
and to li- and, and to, to have an impact on life is to get into a trade. We need to get rid of the stigma that's attached to people I who are really good yep. at doing things in the trades. It's ridiculous. We have a we have a you could call it a trade sh- shortage. I mean, people qualified trades people who are just not there because we keep telling everybody you've got to go to university, you've got to get a degree yeah. if you're going to amount to anything. And listen, I'm all about education, but education comes in many forms. Mm-hmm. It's not just a piece of paper from a university. It can also be taking an apprenticeship and learning a skill and becoming a master carpenter or welder or or um, or a linesman, whatever that thing is. And the, the, we need to get back to appreciating that and seeing that that is of much value as somebody who's really good at writing code for a computer program. Right. I agree 100%. And Phil, when you were here, I talked about my neighbor. One of my favorite people in our neighborhood is uh, Joe, my neighbor. Our our garages, I live in the city, so our garages are right up against each other. And Joe's an iron worker, and when he gets home, he works on his car. And that's what he does. And I just love talking to him and hearing stories. And his hobby, his meditation, really, is just rebuilding cars and trucks or whatever it is in his garage. And you know what you, What I love about people like Joe is that Joe's the guy that has friends who will call him and say, hey, Joe, uh, I'm, I'm doing a refurbishment on my, my old uh, Mustang, you know, my 74 Mustang, and I'm, 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 I'm just taking the carburetor to bits, and I went to a pick-apart, and I got some parts, and I don't know how to get the, you know, the gasket. I, I can't get the gasket oh, to yeah. fit, and Joe's oh, the guy that will... Believe me, I asked right? him. Yes, I asked him right. a million so, questions. And how amazing <laughs> is it to how amazing is it to have those people in your life that you can call and you can ask those questions to? And you know, I'm reading a book right now on Leonardo da Vinci. Who, I mean, he never had a formal education. Leonardo da Vinci. He was a, an amazing observer of everything in the world. And I, I didn't even know how to describe the man because he was obviously an incredible artist and. Mm-hmm. He, he he did everything. I mean, and, and he envisioned flight, and he he understood he understood the, the the idea of what the concept of flight and the and the idea that we could even fly, and so many other things. And and listening to his life story, it, it reminds you of the best of the best that we know in their given trade, who are really observational about the world that we live in and the physical world, and that's an intelligence that you can't learn at a university. That's not in a textbook somewhere. That's somebody yep. who understands how things fit together mm-hmm. and who understands how to make things work and how to keep the world functioning. And, you know, in all of, I've been to 130-something countries in my life. I'm lucky enough to have done that. And the most innovative things that I have seen have come from people who have the least. And the reason that that innovation has, has happened is because they're people who don't have the ability to reach into their wallet and buy a fix. They can't just reach in there or pull out the credit card and call someone to fix it for them. They have to come up with a solution themselves. And uh, there's a great quote that comes from Sir Ernest Relaford. Sir Ernest Relaford was a New Zealander who was um, one of the people responsible for splitting the atom. And he has a quote, which is, um, I'm, I'm paraphrasing a wee bit, but it was essentially, we didn't have money, so we had to think. So 
his whole research development with splitting the atom oh, right. was based on the idea that he did not have a whole lot of money, mm-hmm. so he really had to use the re- one resource that was readily available to him, which was his amazing brain. And that's what you see with people who are so closely connected with the practical world, like my grandfather telling me stories about um, a, a woman who was in distress on the side of the road because the fan belt broke. Oh, yeah. And, and he, he, he sort of smiled and told me that he got her to take off her, her uh, pantyhose so that he could then take the pantyhose and then rig a, a, fan, a fan belt, you know, to get her on her way. Um, I, I always laughed at that. I always laughed at that story. Cause I was like, I'm not sure if there was an ulterior motive, but anyway, right, um, of course, he, that's how the mind, <laughs> that's how his mind works. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like people who are constantly coming up with how you can fix something rather than labeling what's wrong. And it's like, all right, we have a challenge. How do we fix it? Rather than we have a problem. Yep. Oh, my God, throw your hands up in the air, and I don't know what to do. Looking for the solution. Tough as Nails debuts in July. We're going to have you back so you can talk about uh, who's going to be competing on the show. And before you go, we got about 30 seconds left. How many people from Chicago? Did you get one, two, zero? How many? Well, you'll see. Um, the cast is going to be announced uh, next week. we oh. got some fantastic characters uh, from Chicago um, and the surrounding area and in Ohio. Um, so yeah, you'll, you'll see. And, and listen, I would encourage your friend Joe to maybe apply for season two, because we are going to start looking for, for people. And if anybody is out there listening who thinks they're tough as nails, or they know anybody else who, who is, then they can go to CBS casting, uh, cbs.com slash casting and apply. Tell us your story. Tell us what makes you tough as nails or why you think somebody else is. And, um, yeah, we'll uh, check you out, see if you should be on the show. I may have you call my neighbor Joe because he is a character. He would be great for TV. He'll never do it, but you should call him anyway. Well, I, I know who to call if I have a problem with uh, my car anyway. Right, definitely so. Phil, you're the best. So the amazing race uh, back in the fall, tough as nails in July. Yes. We'll have you on in a few weeks to talk about the uh, cast. Thanks for coming on and happy, happy self-quarantine. Yeah, and to all your listeners out there, hang in there, uh, zoom out on and look at this thing on the timeline and know that we will get to the other side of it. Yes, definitely so. Thank you, Phil. You got it. That is uh, Phil Kogan, everybody, the host of The Amazing Race and Tough as Nails, which debuts on CBS in July.